What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of WFS, the Will Ford Show. The NFL preseason has wrapped up. I've got all the information that I need to make some record predictions. Uh, and so I typically do this a lot earlier in the offseason, but I mean, you never know what can really happen. You got to wait until training camp and the preseason, preseason is over. You've got injuries that you know, that pop up uh, and cut day. So a lot of players get cut from teams and sometimes that can make an impact. So we're going to make some record predictions today. We're going to start off with four teams and we're going to look at the AFC North. So we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I Honestly, I think it's one of the more competitive divisions in the National Football League, at least going into this season. Three teams that could very easily be above 500 and one team uh, that will be below 500. In my estimation, you can probably have a guess at who that team is. But uh, no particular order here. We're going to start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that started off, what was it, 12-0 and last year. They were so good and then really fell off at the end of the regular season and I think kind of put it in cruise control. And uh, then they, you know, they got worked by the Cleveland Browns in the first round of the playoffs. And uh, I think they proved to be not the great team that they thought they were. Uh, so they weren't as good as advertised. They had a weaker schedule, but this year coming in, they're going to have a first-place schedule since they won the division last year. So we're going to go through this schedule I'm not going to go super in-depth with each game. That would just take forever for four teams. But uh, we'll go through the schedule of each team here. We're going to start off with the Steelers. Uh, And they open up week one against the Buffalo Bills. That's going to be one of the best matchups of the weekend. That's at Buffalo. Uh, And I have that as a loss for the first couple games. uh, Or for the first game, I should say. Uh, Josh Allen, I think, is in line to be MVP this year. That offense is really good. And uh, I think Pittsburgh, with an, an offensive line that is not fantastic, we'll say, they do, it, do, it does appear that they're going to have a better running game at least, uh, but the offensive line isn't phenomenal. I think they're going to struggle against the Bills and their improved defensive front in Week 1. Then they'll get back-to-back wins. They'll play the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, the Bengals, are, I think, are kind of a walkover, even though they did beat Pittsburgh last year on a backup quarterback, but I don't think the Bengals are really that much better than they were last year. Week four, they're going to travel to Green Bay to Lambeau Field, and that's going to make them 2-2 and on the year. So they'll start out first four games, lose one, win two, lose one. Uh, But then I think they're going to rattle off five wins in a row. So you got the Denver Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starting quarterback. He's the safe option. But I don't think he can take that Denver offense to the next level. I think it's quite limited with Teddy Bridgewater because he doesn't move the ball down the field that well. Uh, He's more of a short, intermediate game passer. And so I don't think he, he's going to be able to get the best out of the offense. I think that's Drew Locke, even though Drew Locke is a little bit more inconsistent, has some accuracy issues, but he provides more big play opportunities, I think. But you're going to get that win in Denver. Seahawks, you know, that's going to be a home game uh, in week number six. I think you get the dub there too. Uh, I, I think the Seahawks and the Steelers – 
Chamir are kind of similar in the sense that they don't have fantastic offensive lines, at least, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, they're kind of similar. Defensively, though, the Pittsburgh defense, I think, is far and away better than the, the Seahawks defense. And uh, I think that's going to be the difference in that game. Then they have their bye week, but then three games in a row, another another three-game stretch. Browns, Bears, Lions, that's another three wins. So five wins in a row for the Steelers. And that's typically what they do in the first half of the season. They typically start, start out very well, very hot. And so they're going to be 7-2 and two at about the midway point through the season. And uh, there's 17 games this year, not 16. So five wins in a row, 7-2 and two through the first nine games. Then they're going to go to Los Angeles and the, the Chargers. And the Chargers... Second-year quarterback Justin Herbert, improved offensive line. I think by this point in the year, the Chargers are going to be a much better team than they will have been at the beginning of the year uh, because a new coach, new system, pretty much a new offensive line. you got some players returning on defense. This team is only going to get better with time. And so I think by week you know, 10 or 11, this Chargers team is going to be very good, very hard to beat. And I think after winning five games in a row, the Steelers will have a letdown there. Then you're at Cincinnati again. That's a dub. Home versus the Ravens. That's going to be a dub. And then at Minnesota, a very interesting team the Vikings are. They don't have a great offensive line or a great defensive line. Really a great defense in general. But when you have two legitimate number one wide receivers in Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith Jr. is going to get his opportunities this year at tight end. And Dalvin Cook, who's the second or third best running back in the league, that could be a tough matchup, but I, again, I think the Steelers' defense is really what makes this team go, and they're going to get that win against the Vikings. So after a loss to the Chargers, they'll win three more, but then it's going to be a rough close to the year, losing four straight games to teams that were you know, very good last year. So they're going to lose at home versus the Titans, lose at the Chiefs, lose at home versus the Browns, and then lose on the road against Baltimore. Uh, and so they'll finish off... 10 and 7 on the year. 4 and 2 in division with losses going to the losses to the Cleveland Browns and to the Baltimore Ravens. They'll split those matchups and then just the home and road breakdown. They'll be 7 and 2 at home. It's always an advantage playing at Heinz Field. And then 3 and 5 on the road. But this is what the Steelers do. They always start off the year very well. They'll start off 7 and 2 uh, and then have a letdown game, win three more in a row. Uh, so they'll be 10-3 and three near the end of the season, but lose the last handful. It's typically what they do, and that's what I suspect will happen again this year. Steelers sitting at 10-7. and seven. Now let's go to the Cleveland Browns. So they open up the year against probably the best team in the league or second-best team. We'll say second-best team because they lost the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and that's going to be a loss to start the year. I mean, that you couldn't have a worse matchup to start a season. And, uh, yeah, the Chiefs, at the end of the season, I would have told you they were going to take a step back this year, but they improved their offensive line leaps and bounds. And uh, it's a healthier offensive line now. Mahomes gets basically all of his weapons back. They did lose Sammy Watkins, but... You have Kelsey and Tyree Kale and McCall Hardman. I mean, that's just so good. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think, is going to be uh, better in his second year than he was in his first year. So, you know, 
that's a tough matchup week one, even though the Browns have also improved uh, greatly on their defense. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs in that one just because the Browns' defense, it's a lot of new players coming in. You know, got some players that came in from the Rams in free agency. And of course, you got Jadavion Clowney. You drafted some guys. There's a lot of moving parts on that defense this year, new starters, and uh, that there's just going to be some growing pains there. I mean, there's just no way around that. But then three wins in a row to start off the season, three and one. So home versus the Texans, home versus the Bears, and at the Vikings. And I think the Bears, near the end of the year, will be a lot better of a team because Justin Fields will eventually be their quarterback. I don't see Andy Dalton starting for very long, but it's probably going to be, at the most, eight or nine games, and then Justin Fields will take over. Uh, and then three and one, they'll lose two in a row at the Chargers. Uh, And then at home versus the Cardinals, get back on track versus the Broncos, a loss at home versus the Steelers, three wins in a row against the Cincinnati Bengals, the New England Patriots, and the Detroit Lions, two of those games on the road, and then a loss at the Ravens. And so they'll head into their bye week sitting at 7-4. and And then to close the year, their final five games, they'll go 4-1. and a win versus the Ravens at home, a win versus the Raiders at home, a loss at the Packers, a win at the Steelers, and a win at home against the Bengals. So their record, 11-6, and and that puts them right above the Pittsburgh Steelers by one game. Division 4-2 with losses to the Steelers and the Ravens. It'll be seven and two at home, four and four on the road. A very similar breakdown to the Pittsburgh Steelers in their schedule, but as of right now, the Browns leading this division. Now we move to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, of course, are getting Joe Burrow back, but what Joe Burrow are they getting back? That's the question because of this gruesome knee injury that he suffered. We have no idea how he's really going to play. Of course, there are going to be a ton of growing pains uh, to start this season. Offensive line improved a little bit in the draft. Not very much, though. And then you you drafted Jamar Chase, who I've heard has been struggling in training camp in the preseason. So really, you're going to see a lot of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Their defense really isn't bad at all. But I don't see them having a very successful season. And I I think Zach Taylor, the head coach, is going to be one of the guys that are fired this year. There's usually about three or four coaches that are fired every year. And I think, you know, if the Browns start off the year relatively, or not the Browns, but the Bengals, if they start off the year relatively cold, then you could see Zach Taylor gone by midway through the year. So they'll open up at home against the Minnesota Vikings. That's going to be a loss. Uh, There's just too much firepower on that offense. For the Vikings. And then a win at the Bears. And again, I just I think this is due to the limitations that Andy Dalton has at the quarterback position. Not that fantastic of an offensive line, similar to the Bengals. But that'll be a close game, and I think the Bengals squeak that one out. Then they'll lose at the Steelers. And then a win versus the Jacksonville Jaguars and young Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and so I think... Trevor Lawrence will have his struggles early on in the season as a rookie. He's going to get caught up to the the speed of the game. He's got excellent pocket presence. I mean, he just he's got eyeballs in the back of his head, but he's going to get pressured a lot. And so I think that's going to 
make him struggle this first handful of weeks. And he, the guy is so talented that he he almost tries to do too much with his talent. Uh, and so I think after you know week five or week six, he'll start to really settle in and play like the prospect that we believe is the greatest quarterback prospect ever. And then now it's where it's going to it's going to start to get dicey for the Bengals around this area. They'll lose at home against the Packers. They'll get a win against the Lions because I I do think the Lions they just don't have that very good of a team at all. Uh, Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow right now. But Joe Burrow's got more weapons. And so that that is really the difference there for me. So the Bengals are going to start off the year at 3 and 3, which doesn't look too bad, but then you hit the gauntlet. They're going to lose, in my estimation, seven games in a row. You'll lose at the Ravens. You'll lose at the Jets, who I do think could be pretty good this year, depending on how Zach Wilson plays. You're going to lose at home versus the Browns. Then you have your bye week. Uh, but then you'll lose four more in a row. So you loss at the Raiders, and then three straight losses at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the San Francisco 49ers. One more win kind of end the year, I guess, on a high note at Denver. And again, I think Denver's going to have a new quarterback in there. It's probably going to be Drew Locke by the end of the season. We'll see. But then you'll lose at home versus the Ravens, at home versus the Chiefs, and on the road against the Browns. And that gives the Bengals a whopping 4-13 and record. 0-6 in the division. And I mean, they could easily get one win in the, in the division. They could probably beat the Steelers, maybe. But... 0-6 in the division, 1-8 at home, 3-5 on the road. Not going to be a great year for the Bengals, and Coach Zach Taylor will be fired by at some point midway or maybe even at the end of the season. And finally, to close out the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens. Their schedule, I think, looks pretty favorable on paper. They're going to open up the year with seven wins out of eight games. So the first half of the year, I, I think they're they're going to be red hot. They'll open up against the Las Vegas Raiders. That's going to be a great start for them. Uh, and they'll get a win on the road. But then you're going to go to the Chiefs in week two. And uh, that's not any easy task at all. Uh, and so they'll start off the year one and one. No shame in that as they are a team that's been to the Super Bowl the last two years, been to the AFC Championship the last three, uh, yeah, no shame in losing to the Chiefs at all. But then six games in a row at the Lions, at the Broncos, home versus the Colts, home versus the Chargers, home versus the Bengals by week, and then home versus the Vikings. Uh, they're going to win all six of those games. And the Colts, I think, are a very interesting team. I think it's all dependent on... Carson Wentz's availability because we know he had foot surgery, you know, in training camp, going to be ready for week one, but Carson Wentz, he's got the talent, but he's a little inconsistent, and I think the injuries are what plague him, so he's obviously with his old offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, who's now the head coach in Indianapolis, and Reich was the OC in Philly when Carson Wentz had his best uh, statistical season, his MVP caliber season. And uh, now he's paired up with him again. And I think that's going to help him, but he's got to stay healthy. He's got to 
Really good offensive line in front of him, top five in the league. But I do think the Ravens are a better team. They have the better quarterback. They'll get that dub. But they're going to start off the year 7-1. and one. Uh, And then the Dolphins, I think, are going to be a very tough out this year, especially if they trade for Deshaun Watson. But I'm assuming they, they have Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback. Dolphins have a great defense, great secondary. Uh, the offense really improved. They've got a lot of speedsters at wide receiver. Mike Kosicki is, is a top 10 tight end. That is going to be a tough out. They'll lose at the Dolphins, have a let a letdown there. Uh, and then two more wins in a row against the Chicago Bears on the road and at home versus the Browns. Three losses in a row against the Steelers, Browns, and Packers. And then the last three games, they'll go 2-1. They'll win at the Bengals, lose at home versus the Rams, and lose, or no, excuse me, win at home versus the Steelers. And so that gives them an 11-6 record as well. So tied with the Cleveland Browns, they will have split with the Cleveland Browns. 5-3 on the road, 6-3 at home. And so obviously, they'll have the same record. You'll figure out a tiebreaker. Uh, but those two teams will likely make the playoffs in my estimation. I mean, obviously, I haven't done the rest of my predictions yet, so we'll calculate that when we get to it. But that's the AFC North. The Ravens and the Browns sit atop the division at 11-6. and six. The Steelers a step below them at 10-7, and seven, and the Bengals at 4-13. and 13. So in the next episode, we're going to do the AFC South with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, and the Indianapolis Colts. And we're going to move through these predictions fairly quickly, of course, with the season fast approaching. But uh, one final note on the Ravens. Um, they did lose J.K. Dobbins earlier in the, over the weekend in, in their last preseason game to a torn ACL. And he's a nice young running back. However, I don't think that's going to hurt them too, too much. Because Lamar Jackson is RB1 in Baltimore. We know that. He is the most dynamic player in the league. But then Gus Edwards, he's averaged 750 yards rushing in each of his first three seasons. So, I mean, he's no scrub back there. I mean, they're, they're going to be fine. Dobbins, I think, is the more explosive talent. But Gus Edwards really gets the job done when he's in there. So... I think they're going to be fine with him. Well, who knows if maybe they bring in you know, Todd Gurley for some depth. Uh, they, they might bring him in as a backup. But Gus Edwards as a starting running back I think will be just fine. And if you're a fantasy football player, he's someone that you're going to want to draft. I'm sure he's skyrocketing up boards right now. You're probably going to get him in you know rounds 5, 6, or 7. I don't know where, he, where his, his ADP is, but I imagine it's skyrocketed right now. But one note to close the show today. And we're going to have a shorter show today uh, since we're just doing record predictions. But Cam Newton was cut by the New England Patriots on cut day yesterday. And now he's a free agent. And I was stunned to see this move because now Mac Jones is going to be the starting quarterback in New England. And uh, that's something that I really didn't think was going to happen until about midway through the year. Just because Cam Newton, second year in Belichick's system, I thought he was going to do a little bit better. They got... Uh, some nice weapons at tight end for him and John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. We know the defense is good. We know the offensive line is good. Uh, and then Damian Harris was going to have his chance to shine at running back. Receivers still a work in progress. You know, you have 
Nelson Aguilar, but you know, the not not too much at wide receiver. But I really thought Cam Newton was going to have an improved year, and then he stepped away from the team for a couple days to to go to some appointments. As far as I know, they were team approved, but I I guess there was some confusion when he tried to come back. He's an unvaccinated player, and if you're not vaccinated for COVID-19, you have to sit out at least five days and have negative tests on all those days before you can come back. And I think that made the Patriots mad. I'm not sure why they would be mad at Cam. I mean, I guess he didn't have to go to these appointments. I don't know what they were for, but it was team approved to my knowledge. And so they can't really be mad about something that they approved. And I think that's kind of what did Cam Newton in. He wasn't there at practices, part of the preseason. Mac Jones was able to shine take advantage of those opportunities, and they cut him. Uh, And even if they wanted to start Mac Jones week one, I just don't know why you don't keep Cam Newton there as a backup in case Mac Jones is struggling. But they're going to roll with Jones. Cam Newton's now on the market. Now where to for Superman? The only team that I've seen doing their due diligence on Cam Newton to bring him in is the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, Dak Prescott's coming off of that ankle surgery also, he, he injured his shoulder in training camp. And so Dak is more than likely not going to be 100% at all this year. And so Cam Newton could be really good insurance if Dak needed to sit out a couple of games or just went down again. Cam Newton, I really, I, I genuinely believe that Cam Newton is one of the five or ten greatest talents that the NFL has ever seen. I mean, he changed the game. Uh, in a variety of ways, running the football. Uh, Mike, well, I guess you could argue Mike Vick was maybe the first one to do that. But Cam Newton was the next guy after that. Uh, and so it it really signified that shift in offensive play calling and scheming to run the football at quarterback and to really draft athletes at quarterback. Cam Newton, until he had some shoulder issues, could throw the ball pretty well, had a, a good arm, didn't have the best mechanics, but he had a good arm and legs for days. I would definitely bring him in if I were the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm not sure if there are any other teams that are interested in Cam Newton. I mean, I'm sure that you know maybe the Houston Texans are, are interested in him because Deshaun Watson is more than likely going to be out this season. And you have Davis Mills in there at quarterback. Maybe Cam Newton comes in for a season. Uh, it, it may not be ideal because he doesn't have a ton of weapons around him, but he will have Brandon Cooks. But it's really interesting because Bill Belichick basically cut Cam Newton, I feel like, because he wasn't vaccinated. <laughs> and I think it inconvenienced the team that he was not vaccinated. And I that's pretty unfortunate. But you know what? I guess it is what it is. A team that I talked about a couple years ago when he first left Carolina, the Washington football team. I think they're a team that could potentially pick up Cam Newton. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick in there at quarterback right now. Taylor Heineke is in that quarterback room too. I mean, maybe you pair Cam Newton up with Rivera again. Of course, I mentioned the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but I really think the only three teams that I think are would be legitimately interested in Cam Newton would be the Houston Texans, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Washington football team. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting stuff. But Superman, once again, looking for a new home. 
we'll see where he lands. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 141 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter at The Will Ford Show on Instagram, uh, and the handle is at Will Ford Show. I'm also on TikTok uh, at The Will Ford Show as well. Uh, and so you make sure you check out all of those platforms. Give me a follow on there and engage with some of the content that I've created. And then also rate and review the show on iTunes. Make sure you should. Wow, words. Make sure you subscribe. You can also subscribe on SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and give me a, a follow on there as well. And uh, yeah, I'll see you in episode 142. Next episode, we're doing the AFC South record predictions with the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tennessee Titans, and the Indianapolis Colts. I'll see you then. This is WFS, The Will Ford Show. Hey.